Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. What's the weirdest thing you've ever had anybody ask you to airbrush? Their body. <laughs> really? For real? This is the plaintiff's friend, Sean Walker. She said she hired the defendant to airbrush her grandmother's picture onto the back of her jean duster jacket. The defendant is known as the airbrush goddess around Cleveland, Ohio. But what she delivered to her was horrible, and it wasn't her grandmother. It looked nothing like the beautiful picture she sent her. She got a rush job and wants the $1,500 she paid back. This is the defendant Cassandra, aka the Airbrush Goddess. She says she's been airbrushing portraits for 10 years. And when the plaintiff came to pick up the jacket, she said the portrait she painted didn't look like her grandmother. Her kids said it did. This woman became rude with her. She has plenty to do and will prove the picture she was given and the portrait she painted look like the same person. She's accused of not getting the likeness. The defendant has filed a countersuit for $1,500 for missed work. All parties, please raise your right hands. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome, ma'am. Okay, Ms. Walker, talk to me. What happened here? I went to go see Cassandra June 9th. I dropped off a jacket. Was that this year? Yes, that's yeah. It was June, June 9th. Um, I told her I wanted a portrait of me, my mom, and my grandma on the jacket. She told me that, and it was a. Um, I was supposed to get a picture done, 16 by 24. She told me, and the price came up to like 485 at first, almost 500 dollars. So like when I got home and I told my mom how much the jacket was, my mom was like, "That's a little bit too much for an airbrush." So I saw her take me and my mom off and leave my grandma. She said it'd be $180. So I went back in. I said, "Okay, I'll just take my mom and my grandma off." And this was the picture that that she told me to send to her inbox. On Instagram, of my grandma right here in the middle. Okay. Did you actually send her a printed picture, or did you send it uh, by text? I sent it to her inbox because she told me to send it to her inbox on Instagram because her phone didn't show clear or something. So I'd like to see the inbox so I can see the best picture you had. Maybe you're the best person to show me that, Ms. Cassandra. What is it you do for a living? You airbrush on clothes? Correct. Just about anything. That someone will bring in. It can be a shirt, a jacket, shoes, a skateboard. What's the weirdest thing you've ever had anybody ask you to airbrush? Their body. <laughs> really? For real? <laughs> That's funny. Okay. And your business is called Airbrush Goddess. Correct. The Airbrush Goddess. 
All right. She says she sent you a picture of her grandmother. What mechanism did she use? Did she drop it in your inbox on Instagram? What did she, how did she send it to you? Well, she texted it. And then I told her to send it to my Instagram. So, Ms. Walker, you send her a picture through Instagram, and this is the picture, correct? I, I was sitting next to her. She told me, send it, send that to her Instagram. And? She said that was a good picture to airbrush the jacket. And, okay. And we, we agreed uh, on that. Okay. And then what happened? You paid her the $180, or I, I gave that her, you paid I gave when you picked it up? Deposit. I gave her the security deposit. The, the deposit. Deposit. It's not a security yeah, deposit, was, just a deposit. That was the, yeah, the deposit for the jacket. And because um, I was supposed to pay the 485 for it, then I took my grandma, I mean, took my uh, mom off and me off. Um, and that, that kept it like that. So I only had to bring her, I think, like $60 more for the picture that she was supposed to I print out. That. So after June 9th passed, she told me, give her a week. I contacted her in a week. She told me she did not say that. And um, I went on. I waited till she said, give it to the 30th. Waited till the 30th came. She told me to give it to July 4th. July 4th came. She said she did not say that. It's it's a whole month that went past. So I'm like, I, I had to tell this lady a story that I was going out of town just to get my jacket. And she gave me my jacket July 13th. July 13th. Okay. When you were going to pick up the jacket, did you owe any more money? I thought you still um, had $60 to pay. So when you went to pick up the jacket, did you give her the $60? No. Why didn't you give her the $60? Because she said she didn't feel like doing the picture. It was a picture she was supposed to print out that go on the wall of my grandma. She said she did not feel like doing it. She said, you don't have to pay the rest. That's what she told me. Okay. So you took the jacket, and can I see the jacket? <laughs> it's all right. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Can you do me a favor and show me the jacket? Stretch it so that I can see the picture well, like stretch, you know. Okay, but I can't see your grandmother right now because there you go, there you go. And pull it and raise it a little bit. Put it higher, put it higher, put it higher. Okay. And uh, Ms. Cassandra, go ahead. You can put it down, Ms. Walker. Ms. Cassandra, you talk to me. Was she upset when she went to pick it up and saw it? Yes. The first thing she did say was, that's not my grandma. And she had her kids with her. And the little girl came into my room where I airbrushed because the jacket was hanging on the wall. So she was like, oh, wow, it looks just like her, except the little thing on her head. And I was like, oh, yeah. And then her mother's still saying, no, it doesn't. So the little girl's like, yes, it does. And I was like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so um, she was still upset about it. And then she came into my my room, um, Francine did, and she's like, uh, where's my buttons and where's my poster? Where's my what? Where's my poster? Because you, were you supposed to do a poster? I was supposed to do a poster, but when she came in, I just felt like she was a little irate. So I didn't even, you know, I wanted to give her her money back because she came in a day ahead. She came in on the 11th, and she said that she was going on a trip on the 13th. So I was like, well, it's not ready yet. Do you want your money back? She didn't want her money back. So I'm like, okay, I'll paint it for you. I have it before the 13th. I finished it on the 12th. She came and got it at 7 o'clock at night. And that's what she said. I don't like it. But why didn't you have the poster ready? If part of the deal, well, you, you were supposed to have a poster ready. So my question to you is why didn't you have the poster ready? She never even finished paying for the, the jacket at all. She paid me 140 The poster was 60 
All she paid was 140. Oh, so you didn't make her pay the other $40 for the jacket. Right. Well, it's just because she was so upset. Okay. I don't like people to be upset. So I'm like, oh, just just go. You know, she left. I'll tell you what. Put on the jacket and turn around for me. That's what I want you to do. Can you put on the jacket and turn around for me so that I can see your back? Wow. I got to tell you, um, Ms. Cassandra, you're good. <laughs> and Ms. Walker, you. I'm not getting it. I, I guess everything is in the eye of the beholder, but I think it looks just like your grandmother. I think if your grandmother were to see it, she would say, yeah, that'll do. Um, what is that right there? You feel like the shape of the glasses is off? I know, she outlined it. I said, my grandma have square glasses on. So she outlined the square of the glasses telling me what the f She like, what the f She was very rude. I never cussed at this lady not one time doing any messaging or anything. You know how artists are kind of temperamental, but it does really, I think it really looks like her. Have you shown this to other people? What do they think? I just didn't, I didn't see that this looking like my grandmother. Well, you know it's airbrushed, right? Like it's always yeah, going That's to the crazy work. part, because while her airbrushes look exactly like how people look, and my grandma, I get the, the quick brush job that she had my jacket sitting there for a whole month, lying about different days, which I did a whole month, but I could've went to somebody else. I asked the lady, I said, can I get a discount? She said, only discount I could give you is your money back, and that's it, and I'll give you some pens. So why didn't you just take your money back if it wasn't, if, it, if you were because so I, mad at her? I really wanted my jacket done, and she did good work, and I had to get the end of the stick because she waited a whole month for me to get my jacket. And I feel like that was very unprofessional. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance, an emergency repair, or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I know you feel, I believe you, that you feel that something is off. In fact, I think at one point you said to her, my grandma is not an Arab lady. Uh, you feel that that doesn't capture the essence of who your grandmother is. But Ms. Walker, I got to tell you, I think mama, it does. My mama didn't even say, my mama kept saying, that, that, that don't look like her mama. The question is not, does that look like your grandmother? The question is, like, does it look like your grandmother in the picture that you gave her? So all I have to go on is the picture and the artwork. Put those up one more time. Yeah. I got to tell you, to me, that is a very good likeness, and I'm not going to order the defendant to return your money. But, you know, you could be more polite to your customers because this is really a word of mouth business. And, you know, that kind of thing was so incredibly rude that you, I, I don't care how frustrated you are, you're still always supposed to be the professional, okay? But my verdict in this case is for the defendant. Oh, you have a counterclaim against her. What the heck, you got a counterclaim against her? You have a counterclaim against her for how much? For yes. Products? 
she sued me for $1,500, so I want to counterclaim and get her $1,500 because I'm missing out on work. I have a lot to do for the morning tomorrow, and it's like every day I get so many requests. I, I missed out on a lot. And you didn't miss out on nothing. Okay. I missed out on First time. of all, you're home, right? You're home, aren't you? So why don't you get busy and airbrush while you're home? That's one. And two, <laughs> and two you don't get to make money. <laughs> because your time is wasted. Because imagine if you were a brain surgeon and you were sued. Do you think the person who sued a brain surgeon in small claims is gonna pay them for their wasted time? Don't be silly. Verdict for the defendant, though. But zero on your counterclaim. Well, the defendant prevails in the initial suit. She does not have to give the money back to the plaintiff. Ms. Walker, the plaintiff, let me ask you, I assume you're upset with the judge's verdict. You're not happy, are you? I am, and, and I, I feel like she's bull. She's very, you know, unprofessional. Well, you know, you held the jacket up for the judge. She looked at it. She thought she looked, your grandmother looked great. She thought it was terrific. And, you know, she's the one who had to make the decision. She had the hair done. The hair was just right. It was just my, my face wasn't right. And it was a rush job. Well, I'm sorry, but that's the judge's decision. You're going to have to live with it, my dear. You don't get the, the money back. All right, Miss Cassandra. Hey. Miss Cassandra, you happy? Yes, thrilled. Thank you so much, Judge Millian. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you, you lost your countersuit for $1,500, but that doesn't bother you, right? Okay, you keep the money out. You keep that 140 bucks. Okay. All right, well, you know, it's all in the eyes of the beholder. The judge thought you did a great job, so congratulations and keep up the good work, okay? Thank okay. you. I appreciate that. Now back to work for me. Okay, get back to work. Good enough. <laughs> all right, now let's get back to the judges for another session of After the Verdict. Here they are. Well, judges wear a lot of different hats in the courtroom. I guess uh, it's only occasionally that you're called upon to be an art critic, <laughs> right? right? Kind of unusual, and, and all art is subjective, let's face it. And but didn't you think it looked like her? Yeah, it looked well, like her. Well, let me rephrase that. It looked like the picture, because it doesn't have to actually look like her grandmother. It has to look like the picture that she gave her of her grandmother, right. because the artist isn't clairvoyant. Right. So I don't know if maybe, you know, she's thinking of her grandmother with different expressions and doing different stuff, but that picture, the question is, legally, does a picture look like right. the art? What not, did you think? Well, look, the only time I, I, I don't have portraits of myself commissioned. So uh, the only thing I've ever gotten was maybe at the county fair, a little caricature or something. And they just exaggerate your features and make you look goofy. And you don't get your money back when you complain about it. Uh, but I, but this like was nice you, artwork. It was nice artwork. It was, you know, the airbrush technique. And to me, yeah, it was a pretty good likeness of the photo that was provided, right? I thought so. I thought so too. Well, you know, Andy Warhol said that art is what you can get away with. And here, <laughs> Well, I don't know that she got away with one or what, but it was the likeness wasn't bad. No, I, I don't. I think it's more than wasn't bad. I think the likeness was quite good. I right. just think that the plaintiff was so upset about the way she was treated by being that you colored know, her right. It colored her opinion her of, of how um, she perceived the work and the you know work ethic and the the right. and the art if she got service with a smile and yeah. maybe a chocolate chip cookie with the thing and hadn't felt offended by the things that she said and right. you know yeah so amy wants to know this hey harvey uh if i'm driving on a public road and there's a golf cart crossing who has the right of way well here's the thing about that 
Both the golf cart and whatever you're driving are considered vehicles under the law, motor vehicles. So it's not determined by who's in a bigger car or golf cart. It's determined by right of way. So if you are going down a road and the golf cart is coming onto the road, you have the right of way. If the converse is going where the golf cart is going down a road and you want to enter that road, got to wait for the golf cart. That'll do it for this case. Litigants for the next case are inside the courtroom. This is the plaintiff, Brian Towns. He says he was an exemplary tenant for over seven years. And when he moved out, the sneaky defendant kept his security deposit because he said he had to paint the place. After seven years, you need to paint the place no matter what. The defendant's just looking to rip him off. He won't stand for it and is suing him here and now for every single penny of the $2,300 he's owed. This is the defendant, Andrew Coppola. He says the plaintiff broke the lease by leaving early, and you're darn right he kept his security. The carpeting in the place was ripped up to run an illegal cable line from the living room to the kitchen, and the place was way beyond normal wear and tear. If anyone today is owed money, it's not the plaintiff, that's for sure. He's accused of taking advantage of a tenant. The defendant has bought a countersuit for $3,000 for loss of rent and damages. All parties, please hit your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case in the docket, the plaintiff claims he was an excellent tenant for seven years. And when it came time to moving out, guess what? His landlord stiffed him on his security refund. But the defendant says he has every right to keep this guy's money because he broke the lease and moved out early. It's the case of who's taking advantage of who. Okay, Mr. Towns, you lived in the apartment that's owned by Mr. Coppola for how many years? About seven and a half, almost eight years. Okay, and did you guys have a, a good landlord-tenant relationship? Were there ever any problems? I thought we had a good relationship as far as landlord-tenant is concerned. Let me ask you a question then. So what happened? You ended up buying a place, correct? Yes. All right, so you had worked out with Mr. Coppola. You had been month-to-month -month for years at some point. And then Mr. Coppola yes. explained that the Homeowners Association was saying, we can't have that. We have to have a lease on file. So apparently somebody at the Homeowners Association woke up and realized there was no lease on file. And so you end up signing a lease with him that's very specific. It says that because you're looking for a house, if you end up leaving between January or September, that you're able to leave with 30 days notice. If you leave thereafter, then you're responsible for the whole lease. Um, so what happens? You end up finding a place, and it's September, and you have a closing scheduled, and what happens? Because I moved into, um, like, an adult community. They also have, like, an association, and they needed more things from my credit union before they could actually close. And so we was trying to get up that information before the September ended, and it went into a little October. You know, I paid him for the whole month of October. And um, once we got all the information from uh, the association, we was able to do the closing. Okay. So you paid him for October, and you expected that you would receive the security deposit back, correct? But you didn't. He would not return it. So, Mr. Coppola, yes. what is the reason that you're keeping the security deposit? So, Judge, uh, we had an agreement that if he left before September, 
that uh, he would be able to leave the lease with no problem. And I told him and made it very clear, if it's after September, I'm concerned about re-renting the apartment. As soon as I find it, they are responsible for the end of the lease. He signed off on it. There was communication even after an email and text message. Um, so I said to them, if you leave after September, you're responsible for the remainder of the re lease. And the way that looks is as soon as I get somebody in, you're off the hook. But you have to be clear with that. And he said, okay. So that's the lease that was signed. They couldn't give me a date that they were leaving. It kept changing. <clears throat> so I had no idea when they were leaving. It was in October, I believe on October 13th-ish. He said, okay, we're finally going to close. We should have our stuff out by the weekend. I said, okay, but you're responsible for the remainder of the lease. And I have emails from him where there was communication back and forth up until that point. He said, hey, I don't understand any of that stuff. Well, I mean, it was clearly explained. I don't want to go into the winter months with having no tenant. So that's the situation. In addition, the lease calls out for reasonable wear and tear, as we know. I do not believe the rugs were reasonable wear and tear. I do not believe the filth left in the apartment. While it looks nice on the outside, just like his home now, very beautiful, Brian, thank you. Um, the inner workings was disaster. You have many pictures of those as well. Anyways, okay, so we're going to look at that in a minute because it's $2,300 that we're talking about. It's a big security deposit. So the first thing I want to talk about is whether or not you're entitled. So, by the way, did you end up re-renting it? Yes, in November. Uh, sorry, uh, December 1st. Now, um, there were a series of texts with you guys back and forth talking about the closing being delayed and all, all, all that stuff. At the end of the day, you, do move, you pay October. Do you pay the whole thing or just half of it? Mr. I paid Trump? the whole month. Okay, then you end up, you finally find the day you're leaving, and the day you're leaving is going to be October 17, and you tell them, and then you leave. Now, we'll talk about the contract and whether you breached it by staying past September 30th. According to him, he re-rents it in December, and he's suing you and wants to keep from the deposit November rent. Do you have the lease for the re-renting? Uh, I do. I don't have it with you, but I could hold it up if you let me get it. Yeah, um, hold on one second, because I am going to want to see it. I want to see, yeah, actually, right now, go ahead. I want to see if, if, the, if the tenant is from November or December. Okay, so let's, let's move on. So he sends you that on September 29th, so obviously he's saying, you know, he's going to stick, he's going to keep you to it. Now let's look at what, quote, it is. What it is is an addendum to the lease that you signed, and it says, landlord understands that the tenant is looking to purchase a home and is willing to make a concession to have tenant give 30 days notice of the move out during summer months, June through September. Should the tenant want to leave after that time, prior to end of lease, they are still responsible for the term of the lease. That means that between June and September, you can act as though you don't even have a lease and leave when you want. But after September, if you're leaving, then you are breaking a lease and he has the remedies that the law allows him. And then it says, however, once the landlord rents, the tenant will not be required to live out the term of the lease, meaning he won't be paying for month and month and month. Tenant understands the association will not allow a month to month tenancy and acknowledges a fine imposed by the association, blah, 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 blah. Fine is an additional rent to tenant if imposed. Okay. So this is a thing you signed, and that's what it meant that you, 
you know, he didn't want it to get into the winter yeah, I months. Didn't, because I didn't want to sign it, though. You know, he was saying, you? if you don't sign it, then I'm going to get in trouble with the association, this and that. I said, well, you know I'm moving. Um, why do right. I have to But sign? here's the thing. If you didn't sign it, then he would give you 30 days notice and you would have to move back in January. And so if there was something in it for you to sign it, you didn't want to have to move. And... Um, the well, something in it for him is he didn't I mean, want I you to act like, like you have a month-to-month -month tenancy, because you don't. But here's what I'd like to find out. According to the defendant, another reason why he wants to keep the rest of your security deposit past any rental damages is the fact that, he says, you left the place a shambles. What? So he's complaining about that little bit of mold up top. That eh, sounds like a whiner there. He's complaining that it's dirty here. Eh. I guess, yes. No, no, no. no. I'm too clean. No. I'm too clean. Who's the person speaking Andrew, off camera? Who's that? That's my wife that's, right um, here. Andrew, no. Okay. He, uh, Judge, Andrew, no. He states to me. Come in. Step in. Step no, no, aside. No, no, Move down okay. the couch. I hear her perfectly. Nobody has to do anything. Just step aside and let's <laughs> get her in the picture. Raise your right hand, ma'am. Douglas, please swear her in. You solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So we'll help you, God. Yes, I do. She takes her glasses off. You look beautiful. All right. I just hope Thanks. I don't have to have you read anything. All right. So here's a picture <laughs> of the place, which actually, was it furnished, Mr. Coppola? That's their furnishing. I took that picture probably yeah. when I said, let me start looking for a tenant. Again, on the Got outside, it. it's a perfect looking place. That's their counter. What is this a picture of? This is the kitchen counter scratches, according to you. Right, Mr. Coppola? Oh, my gosh. Correct. Oh my God. And according to you, that's not your kitchen counter? What is this a picture of, Mr. Coppola? That's the kitchen fan hood. What's that? Food? From 2018. Ew. That's not. That's the refrigerator. No, that's not ours. No, we cleaned our refrigerator out. Andrew, stop it. We cleaned the refrigerator out. That's not me. That's the stove. I know okay. it's not their stove. They would never that's leave it like not, that. That's not. That's not us. I don't. We I would never don't have eat a nasty stove like looking like that. Where Andrew, you take are these you pencils, Andrew, are you serious? How many that's units crazy. do you have, Mr. Coppola? They're kind of mad because they say that you're that these yeah. are pictures of something else. Your Honor. Do you really think that I would do a catfish here and substitute those pictures? That uh, I don't know you, but no, I would hope not. Yes. What's this now? You you had a problem with the rug because there was an issue with the rug. What happened with the rug? Okay, the, those pictures right there, we need to withdraw those pictures. Why? That was a mistake. That rug does not belong there. Was that a different apartment? That's a That's a different one, yeah. That's not theirs. Oi, so you mean you might be able to make a mistake and show a different apartment by accident? No, no, Your Honor. Unfortunately, <laughs> I had a terrible tragedy in July of last year, and I had to have I'm somebody sorry to hear helping that. and doing... I'm alive, and that's what Matt is. I was incapacitated for seven months. Um, so uh, I had to have a lot of help. So the first right. one is theirs. The I have a question for you. you Are these... Draw. Did you ever go into the apartment yourself and see the filth that were t that you're showing me in these pictures, or did somebody else help you and take those pictures? No, I went in. No, I went in there to see it. And if you go back to the picture of the living room, if you, you really went in the there pictures, to see it, then my question to you is: Then you would have known before introducing the rug pictures that the rug pictures weren't of their rug. 
No, Your Honor. We have a lot of pictures, and I was in a rush to get this done. I am disclosing right now as I look this morning to prepare for this. Case. I appreciate that, but my point, and I appreciate that, uh, that you're not coming in here and perjuring yourself and saying they ripped the rug. But what I'm asking you is no, I don't think you'd catfish them, but I do have to have a legitimate concern that you might, especially if you if you had had a horrible accident or whatever it was that happened to you, I'm glad you're healthy now, and you had other people helping you, that maybe the pictures could get confused. No, I would never think that you would do it deliberately, but you know we do have that inch issue here. Let's talk My, about I, something else a moment. Do you ever send them right away uh, a letter right after they move out. Do you ever send them a letter or anything saying, I'm going to keep your deposit and here's why? Yes. Okay. And where is that letter? Let me see. What's the date on the it letter? Sent, I believe it was the 19th or the 18th of um, October, uh, November. I apologize. Uh, can I see? No, I do me to. a favor, Mr. Towns. Will you take that letter and put it to the camera, the one that you had that you found? That's it. Come closer, 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 closer. Ah, stop right there. Got it. November 19, 2019. I got it. As you are aware, I made a provision there would be no penalty as long as you are buying your new home if you vacated between June and September. That was more than fair for both of us. Vacating the apartment later would potentially put me in a bind for renting through the holiday season. This was clear to all involved. In addition, the lease calls out in Section 13, that damages include renting expenses, including commissions, cost of repair. The condition of the rug was beyond normal wear and tear. The seam was altered when you ran a cable under the rug for a TV in the kitchen and never requested permission. First of all, did you run a cable under the rug for a TV in the kitchen? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to go back to the pictures that he sent, and I'm going to ask you, of the pictures that you sent, which ones are appropriately pictures of a wrecked rug, like you say, because the pictures I have under rug, you told me, are not the right rug. So which that's, rug should I look at nope. to see? The first one. Nope. Okay. Yeah, okay. Let's zoom in on the rug right in the middle. And you will see. Yep. It's there you go. That is what the condition of the rug was of the entire apartment. Except the dining room table. Except for that I'm looking at the rug in the entire apartment and I don't see a bad condition. I do see... Okay. Something there, but I don't know what it is I'm looking at. I don't see that anybody cut it in order to run a wire no. or anything else. And yeah. I, you know what? We're done. We're not going to keep debating this. Let it go. All right. Um, okay. So yeah. where are we then on this? First of all, I agree with him 100% on a reading of the lease. You are wrong and he is right. Okay. If you stayed past September 30th, then you stayed so at your own peril. It was, you had no choice. You shouldn't feel bad about it because... That's the pickle you were in. You had signed a contract that said that after that, you're not going to be able to pretend you're a month to month. You're going to be bound by a contract. And if you leave early and it's after September, then there's going to be this clause that kicks in, which says you're back to being a leaseholder and I'll mitigate my damages. But you're going to have to pay me if you break the lease, which you did. Only thing you got to pay is what he's out. Um, let me ask you a question, Mr. Coppola. Let's look at your counterclaim against them. You want November rent, and I understand um, your theory there. Did you send a copy of the new lease for the new tenant? I did, Your Honor. Okay. I wanted to confirm that, in fact, he hadn't rented it for November, okay? 
So okay. I've taken the time to make sure that the landlord is not fudging when the new tenant came in. Because if the new tenant came in in November, then he wouldn't be able to keep November rent because he doesn't get to double dip. But I've taken that extra step and he sent me the lease and I see that it didn't start until December, okay? So what do we have? We have a landlord who's out November because, which would be fine so long as you've left September 30th, he'd be on his own in October. But he doesn't know when you're leaving. You don't even know when you're leaving. You finally give him the good word in, on October 15th that you're leaving that weekend. And he, if he had, had been able to re-rent re -rent it, then you wouldn't have to pay November. Lucky for you, he re-rented in December. Because if he hadn't, he might be asking for December too, saying nobody wants to rent during Christmas. But he did re-rent it, so the only month in question is November. Now, he's also suing or claiming a, a, a right to your deposit for the following. The carpet, the carpet pads, the cleaning fees. Money to manage the work. What does that mean, uh, Mr. I had to have somebody handle, I had to have someone handle the guys and the project. I couldn't do it. Like a um, GC type of a fee. I, they had yeah, yeah, I got pay. it. Here's the deal. I find you're entitled to rent for November for the reasons we've already discussed. I'd like to ask you, uh, Mr. Town, do you have any pictures of how you left the place? Like, did you take video or pictures when you left? No, I don't. I, I, that's right. the thing I definitely should have did. I vacuumed up the whole place. I mean, I left everything empty. And Andrew came upstairs and was looking at it and didn't mention a word. Everything was okay. good. I vacuumed the whole place out. We thought he never would. Right, but Mr. Mr. Towns, I, I, you know, I'm asking you, do you I, have evidence of how you left it? Because you I, should no, never, I, ever. I didn't take no You, you don't have this problem anymore. You I bought a home, but everybody's got to take pictures when you leave because, you know, I, I would have to believe that yeah, he's that was the mistake. lying on you. That was you. the big mistake yeah. that I made. I didn't take But he's whining about stuff like dirt and under a refrigerator. I could care less. Um, there's, he's, he's claiming lots of money for that. To me, it's like minor cleaning. I'm taking into account the fact that you were there for not one year, but eight years. I disagree with him 100% on the whole rug issue. Uh, he has no evidence that you destroyed the rugs. He has evidence that he changed your rugs, but he'd have to show that you destroyed the rugs, and I don't find that that's the case. Um, I do think it could have been cleaned maybe a little bit more. So I'm going to order the rent for November, $100 in cleaning. That's $1,775. You gave him a $2,300 security deposit plus the interest that the law ordered him to put it in a separate account. So that's $2,331.11. And I'm going to subtract from that the rent from November. And I'm going to subtract from that $100 for cleaning. And that ends up with a net judgment in your favor in the amount of $556.11. That is how I am handling the countersuit. I am allowing you to keep for the rent and $100 for cleaning. So that is my verdict. Good luck, folks. God don't like ugly. God don't like ugly. Well, the plaintiff does not get all of that rent back that he wanted to. It, uh, he has to pay that. Uh, Mr. Coppola, the defendant, is the one who prevails in the lawsuit. Mr. Towns, how do you feel about the judge's decision? I, I didn't think it was fair. Um, I, I should be getting my whole security deposit back. I left the um, apartment in good shape. I mean, for Andrew to bring up all these little things just to try to keep the whole security deposit is, like, 
unbelievable. It's just in shock because he praised me all the time how I kept the place looking good. And for him to bring up these little things lying like this, I'm I'm in shock that he, he, he have done that. I'm in shock. But God don't like ugly. God don't like ugly. Well, that's it. And I'm uh, sorry. That's the judge's decision. All right, Mr. Coppola, let me ask you how you feel about the judge's verdict. You okay with it? Uh no, not at all, actually. I don't think that a tenant uh, should be able to get away with what they got away with. Um, they talk about God, but then they want to say that they didn't leave the place like that, but they did. So I had to go and pay people to clean that place because they left the place filthy. Maybe the judge isn't bothered by mold. I don't think the judge lives like that. In fact, I don't think the judge cleans her own place, but I don't think anybody wants to live like that. So I had to get people in to, to do a good job. And so I'm not happy with the decision, but it is what it is. We're just going to move forward. Yep. And you got to live with it. And trust me, believe me, the judge does not like mold. I can tell you that. All right. That'll wrap it wow. up for this case. Speaking of the judge, let's, let's join the judges now for another session of After the Verdict. Well, First of all, okay, I clean my place, okay, right, always testify. have. I'll test it. Sometimes I get a little yeah. help. Uh, COVID has taught me new things, and no, I don't like mold. No. Of course, the only evidence of any mold was one little inch in a bathroom. It wasn't a lot. That is not exactly a mold catastrophe. No, no, no. So uh, both sides unhappy. And, you know, as a judge, when I walk out of the courtroom and everybody's mad at me, I figure I probably got it right because no one's happy. But, uh, or everybody's happy, I suppose. Uh, but this case, the counterclaim by the landlord that was addressing the security deposit, a $2,300 security deposit, uh, reading through the detail and the things that he testified about, that was kind of a shock and awe counterclaim for this security deposit. Everything was wrong. Oh, the carpet, this, that, uh, you know, toilet paper hung the wrong way in, in the bathroom, whatever. It was every little detail that he could get in the counterclaim. And you were not convinced that it really uh, was appropriate other than maybe a cleaning fee. I just, you know, it's... Um, Seven or eight years there. Of course. And so there is some wear and tear. I agree that things... That's probably not how we handed it to them with grease here and grease there. Right. Um, but the only thing I uh, allowed him to withhold for that was $100. The entire rest of the verdict has to do with the contractual obligation the that rent, the plaintiff though. signed. Right. I mean, right. You, you can't leave the landlord holding the bag like that. He was contractually obligated to pay that rent for the month of November. And... Uh, and he was willing to eat October when they finally would leave in September 30th. But then he doesn't even know. He has no idea when they're leaving till they say we're leaving this weekend. And, right. um, and he had protected himself. He's a smart landlord. He had protected himself against that. And he had given them a pretty favorable addendum to their lease, saying from June to September, if you're closing on a house, right. you, you're not bound by our right. lease. Right. He could have said to them back in January, hey, you know, you got to give me a year. You don't, ha you don't have a year to give me? You're buying a house? Get out. Right. But he didn't, so... And in big metropolitan areas and places where there's colleges and universities, when you're trying to rent, those September rentals that start in September or maybe start in August, they're tough to get. That's when yeah. everybody's lined up and they're fighting to I try think he to was more generic because he was worried about it going past October. So I think right. he just didn't want... Once the holidays begin, it is... Really people, hard to rent. People sit tight. And sure. uh, so, yeah, I get what he was saying. Yeah. Okay. Well, you left everybody unhappy, but well, uh, get get another uh, uh, another set of <laughs> litigants unhappy. It's morning in America. <laughs> oh, well. Okay. So Tom wants to know this. Hey, Harvey, 
Uh, if I get let go or furloughed from my job as a result of COVID, uh, and I have vacation time still remaining and they won't pay me for the time I earned, can I take them to court? So um, the answer is very probably you can. Um, now, there are different rules in different states because of COVID. Um, and you need to know what the ground rules are in your state in terms of in terms of getting some kind of severance and also just in terms of when an employer can furlough you. If they're allowed to furlough you but you have unused vacation time and you don't have an opportunity to use it because you suddenly get furloughed, I believe most judges would say you're entitled to compensation for that. We'll see you next time.